It's Tuesday, January 31st, 2023. I'm Jackson Bird. Today, where did lorem ipsum come from? The answer turns out to be just as murky as the nonsense placeholder text itself. Plus, a new game that challenges you to guess when photos were taken. And the best family sitcom of the turn of the 21st century is getting a revival. Here's some cool stuff for your ride home. I was having some trouble sleeping last night, so I plucked a random book off my TBR and spent the better part of the early morning hours reading the beginning of Contested Will by James Shapiro. The book is the Columbia professor and Shakespeare expert's examination into how conspiracies around the authorship of Shakespeare first arose and why they kept up. And within the first 30 pages, Shapiro punks you twice with accounts of discoveries of various primary sources from the Bard that Shapiro later reveals to have been forgeries. It's a great read so far, and even if you don't really care about Shakespeare, it's a fascinating examination of why people cling to false beliefs, how those beliefs get spread, what motivates people to spread them in the first place, and how historians can really do their due diligence when it comes to unraveling something close to the truth, or at least being able to firmly declare what isn't true. So, having spent so much time at the start of my day today being repetitively punked by a historian, I was exceptionally well-primed for a piece recently written by former BuzzFeed editorial director Jack Shepard about the true origins of lorem ipsum. Lorem ipsum is the placeholder text that often gets used in printing and graphic design. It looks kind of like Latin, but doesn't seem to mean anything. If you go to most lorem ipsum generating websites, they'll tell you that lorem ipsum has been around since the 1500s, when an unknown printer scrambled up a galley of type to make a type specimen book. But when Shepard dug a little deeper into the excellent work of previous scholars like Philippe Sibois and Richard McClintock, he found decent evidence that lorem ipsum has not been around for five centuries, but rather may have been invented closer to five decades ago. Writing on his On Words and Upwards newsletter, as republished yesterday by Slate, Shepard finds that the myth about lorem ipsum originating in the 16th century may have spread via a 1993 correction submission to a graphic design magazine by classics professor Richard McClintock. McClintock might not have come up with this myth himself, and in fact, when he stated it, it was in the same breath of correcting a separate long-held myth about lorem ipsum. That myth being that the words are pure nonsense meant to look like Latin. Lorem ipsum, McClintock said, is real Latin, if rather butchered, and it even comes from a particular source. Cicero's De Finibus Bonorum et Malorum, or On the Ends of Good and Evil, from 45 BCE. The passage that the first part of the Lorem Ipsum text is taken from translates to, quote, Nor again is there anyone who loves or pursues or desires to obtain pain of itself, because it is pain, but occasionally circumstances occur in which toil and pain can procure him some great pleasure. End quote. 
Or for the no-fear Cicero interpretation, quoting Shepard, Cicero, who had apparently never encountered a masochist, is saying that no one has ever pursued pain for its own sake, but sometimes, like, no pain, no gain, or whatever. Cicero is smarter and more eloquent than I'm making him out to be. End quote. But again, the Latin of lorem ipsum is all mixed up and butchered, so that passage is not the translation of lorem ipsum. It's the translation of the actual Cicero text. And in fact, back in 2014, The Guardian got a Latin scholar to translate what the actual scrambled-up lorem ipsum would say in English. Imagine lots of extra letters and misspelling as I say this, quote, Row itself, let it be sorrow. Let him love it. Let him pursue it. Ishing for its acquisitidendum, because he will ab hold, unless but through, conser, and also of those who resist. Now a pure snore disturbed some dust. He ij noise in order that some one, also with a severe one, in less of life. End quote. So who first mixed up all the words and letters, and how did we figure out that these butchered words came from a real source? McClintock is the one who discovered the source, sometime in the 80s, but not publishing his finding until the aforementioned correction in the graphic design magazine in 1993. Allegedly, the correction was published with the headline, Lorem Oopsum. Amazing. McClintock found it thanks to one of the few unchanged Latin words in there, consectator, a fairly rare form of the deponent Latin verb consector, specifically the third-person singular present active subjunctive. <sighs> Latin is complicated. But since it is such a rare form of the verb, it was relatively simple to trace it back to Cicero and that specific passage. That was an incredible discovery by McClintock, but like I said, in that corrections submission, he also led people astray, saying, quote, what I find remarkable is that this text has been the industry's standard dummy text ever since some printer in the 1500s took a galley of type and scrambled it to make a type specimen book. It has survived not only four centuries of letter-by-letter -letter resetting, but even the leap into electronic typesetting essentially unchanged." End quote. But in the years since then, he's openly noted that he's been unable to find the old sample type from the 16th century on which he thought he'd seen lorem ipsum. The earliest example he's been able to find was from the 1960s. Here's Shepard again, quote, At the time, if you wanted to mock up an ad or a flyer for a punk show, and you didn't have a bunch of bespoke font settings on your Imperial Model 70 typewriter, your best bet was a British company called Letraset, which sold adhesive transfer sheets with different typefaces. Letraset used lorem ipsum in their advertisements, and the layout design software company Aldis, maker of the popular PageMaker layout tool, duplicated the practice in the 80s." End quote. So was Letraset the first company to use lorem ipsum? Did they invent it? Or did they happen to see that same 16th century example McClintock thought he saw somewhere and then simply replicated it for their own devices, kicking off a whole new standard in late 20th century design? More on all that after a word from our sponsors. At Granger. We're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry, 
with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help. So you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So McClintock said lorem ipsum originated in the 1500s, and many lorem ipsum generators to this day still claim that as the origin story. But more recently, he admitted he can't find the source for that claim, and the earliest usage he has found is the Letraset company in the 60s and 70s. But does that mean Letraset invented lorem ipsum, or did they pull it from another earlier source, maybe a source as early as the 1500s? Well, there's at least one piece of evidence McClintock found that points to lorem ipsum originating, if not with Letraset, at least in the 20th century. And that is the 1914 Loeb Classics translation of De Finibus by Harris Rackham. That version of the Cicero text features a side-by-side translation, so as you read the text, you have the original Latin on the left-hand page and the English translation on the right-hand page. And here's the thing that I should mention. The passage of Cicero in question doesn't actually begin with the words lorem ipsum. The translated bit that I've shared with you in the original Latin starts with the words neque poro quisquam est qui dulorum ipsum. Dulorum ipsum. The word itself isn't even lorem, it's dulorum. And in the 1914 Loeb Classics edition, this passage just so happens to get cut off, so when you look at the top of page 33, the first words on the page are lorem ipsum. And then the rest of the usual lorem ipsum words, in their original unbutchered but still recognizable capacity, follow. This exact edition of this translation of Cicero from 1914 seems to be the actual origin of lorem ipsum. Back in 2012, then-emeritus professor of sociology at the University of Versailles, Philippe Sibois, did a side-by-side of exactly how the full text of lorem ipsum differs from the original Latin, and further discovered that while lorem ipsum begins pulling from page 33, it later jumps to page 56 of the Loeb Classics edition. Zubois additionally reached out to librarians and scholars at L'Ecole Etienne in Paris, which was founded in the late 19th century, to teach the art of typography, and would therefore most likely have some record of lorem ipsum somewhere in its archives, and came up dry. Typography specialist Jacques-André told Sibois that he believes lorem ipsum originated in the 20th century because there is no mention of it in the works of typesetting or typography manuals. Sibois further used Google's Ingram viewer to show how the words lorem ipsum and dulor sit amet both only begin to increase in the 1970s. There is also a spike around 1900 that Sibois chalks up to dating errors, but I think could potentially be investigated further. However, when inputting lorem ipsum and Letraset, the adhesive transfer sheet company that used lorem ipsum in advertisements in the 70s, you see both of the phrases start to be used in the early 70s. Subois offers two further points for why it doesn't quite make sense that lorem ipsum would have been used prior to the 20th century. First, quoting Subois in L'Intelligence du Monde using Google Translate because I have not retained my college French well enough, 
In the 19th century, Latin remained an international language to such an extent that some would like to revive it orally to serve in international meetings. For a false text, Latin has the merit of being universal, but it is now misunderstood, which is not a problem but an asset, whereas in the 19th century, Latin was still understood by the elites. It's therefore not in the professional environment of printers that the origin of lorem ipsum should be sought, but rather in the professional environment of model makers who find the Letraset system an effective device. End quote. And second, Subois says, at least in the 19th century, false text was not used because composing was laborious and expensive. And personally, I feel like this would have been the case prior to the 19th century as well. So both are fairly decent lines of reasoning for a later origin for lorem ipsum. And quoting again from Shepard, So until someone digs up an earlier example, the best working theory of why designers and layout editors have been filling pages with a garbled version of a 1st century BCE treatise that says, in so many words, no pain, no gain, for 60-odd years, is that some marketing exec at Letraset, tasked with generating placeholder text for an ad, heroically declined to hit the pub with her colleagues and reached instead for her 1914 lobe-facing translation of De Finibus, and then settled down to the hard, thankless task of absolutely butchering it. End quote. None of this is, of course, completely 100% confirmed, or even the most ironclad of evidence. I opened this segment with the example of historians using best practices to thoroughly debunk previous findings. And despite referencing the research of a few scholars, I haven't personally verified McClintock or Sabois' findings in any way. Mostly because I am not a tenured professor and best-selling author getting paid for years to visit the archives and drill down on evidence for one hypothesis, I'm a daily podcast host with a BA in comparative literature. So as with everything I ever present on this podcast, this is my invitation to you to dig deeper. If you're intrigued, don't take my first draft analysis and block quotes from other people as fact. But if you find it interesting, take the links in the show notes as a jumping off point and keep researching further. Or this time, maybe just dive into the wide world of lorem ipsum spin-off generators. Shepard lists a few at the end of his article, like Pirate Ipsum, DJ Khaled Ipsum, and my favorite, DeLorean Ipsum. Here's what the DeLorean Ipsum generator gave me when I asked for a few paragraphs. Quote, Okay, uh, plutonium? Wait a minute, are you telling me that this sucker's nuclear? Yeah, it's in the back. Okay, okay, you guys, oh, ha ha ha, very funny. Do you know where 1640 Riverside, you're gonna be in the car with her, cause George, she wants to go to the dance with you, she just doesn't know it yet. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. Parents were probably idiots too. Lorraine, if you ever have a kid like that, I'll disown you. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I remember when this was all farmland as far as the eye could see. Old man Peabody owned all this. He had this crazy idea about breeding pine trees. End quote. Even with the classic Back to the Future lines mixed in there, it sounds just about as nonsensical as the direct Latin translation The Guardian had done of lorem ipsum, which is, of course, the whole point. It's meant to mimic word variety and sentence structure without actually meaning anything. And I suppose for text that is devoid of meaning in its very intention— it is kind of fitting for its origin to be equally shrouded in the unknown. 
So I stumbled on a new fun browser game via good old kotki.org the other day. Puzzle or quiz might be the better word for it, actually, as opposed to game. It's called Chronophoto, and the challenge is to guess the year that a photograph was taken. You're given five photos for five simple rounds per game. You get points each round based on how close you were to the correct year. You get 1,000 points for getting the exact right year. And you pick the year by using a timeline slider at the bottom of the screen that goes from 1900 to 2020. It's a fun game because different people lean into different methods of figuring out the year. You know, maybe you're a photography buff who can tell what different types of film and digital images look like. Or maybe you know a lot about the history of science and technology, so you can pinpoint when exactly certain objects in the photos would have been in use. I've found that I tend to discern the year based on fashion. Are people still wearing hats? How baggy are their jeans? In one photo from 2009, someone was literally wearing a t-shirt that I also used to own, so I was only two years off based on that t-shirt alone. In another photo, there was a calendar in the background that happened to have the year on it, if you zoomed in and made a guess with the loopy cursive font. That one felt a bit like cheating. But another time, I got the exact right year because someone in the photo had Twitter for desktop pulled up on their computer, and I shamefully was able to pinpoint exactly when the interface looked like that. My high score so far is 2,914. I have no idea if that's good or not, but I'm having fun. Oh, and because we are all so used to Wordle knockoffs these days, this is not a once-a-day game. Each game is randomly generated every time that you play, and you can play as many times a day as you want. It's chronophoto, C-H-R-O-N-O, photo.app, link in the show notes. Well, in our latest installment of Reboot Corner, King of the Hill is officially getting a revival on Hulu. I have to imagine this is at least in part thanks to the relative success of the Beavis and Butthead reboot, Mike Judge being the co-creator of both shows, and the Beavis and Butthead revival on Paramount Plus being largely described as surprisingly well-adjusted for the times. Like, you don't expect a show like Beavis and Butthead to be the one in this sea of reboots and revivals to actually hit the mark on growing with the times while not abandoning its tone and core elements, but here we are. King of the Hill seems to be well-poised to do the same, I would say, especially since the original series still holds up for the most part. I rewatched a season or so last fall, and, I mean, let's just say that I did not experience any of the yikes moments that everyone seemed to have done when they rewatched Friends. Mike Judge will be joined as showrunner by co-creator Greg Daniels, as well as The Wonder Years showrunner Saladin Patterson. Most of the original cast will also be returning, with the notable exceptions of Tom Petty and Brittany Murphy, who have both passed away since the end of the original series. In an official statement, Patterson said, quote, Yeah, man, I tell you what, man, that dang old Greg talking about OG and then that Mike Judge inspirations, man. The original show, dang old classic. Got my kids, man, walking around talking about, that's my purse. I don't know you. Feeling blessed, man. I tell you what. Feel so good is a great song. I don't care what no dang body says. End quote. 
No announcement yet on when the revival will hit the streaming platform, but until then you can watch all 13 seasons on Hulu. And that is it from me for today. This show was produced by Ride Home Media. I'm Jackson Bird, and I'll talk to you again tomorrow.